You're listening to the Touch Em Up Podcast. I'm your host, Double M, and on today's episode, we're going to be breaking down UFC Fight Night, Overeem versus Rosenstrike, as well as breaking down the top 15 ranked fighters in the middleweight division at 185 pounds and booking the best fights possible from here on out. So without any further ado, let's get this started and step into the ring. Hey guys, how's everybody doing tonight? I hope you're having a good day, night, whatever time you're deciding to listening to this to listen to this podcast. We got a lot to cover. First off, let's start with the big news. Wei Li Zhang has her first strawweight title defense after dethroning Jessica Andrade in a matter of minute in a matter of a minute at the UFC fight night in China. And her first opponent is going to be the former reigning defending strawweight champion of the world, formerly undefeated fighter, Joanna Yuzhechek. This is a great fight. This is a great fight. If it wasn't going to be Rose Namajunas, it was going to be Joanna Yuzhechek. This is a great fight, without a doubt, for her. Tough matchup for her in her first fight to defend the title. Um, Joanna Yuzhechek was on a two-fight win streak. Obviously, she defeated... She beat Michelle Waterson in her most recent fight, and then prior to that, I believe she beat Tisha Torres, and then before that, she lost to Rose Namajunas twice, and then the flyweight champion, Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko. So yeah, this is a great fight, and it's supposedly going to be taking place on March 7th, which should be UFC 248. I don't think we have anything else lined up for that card, but I know Poirier said he wanted, Dustin Poirier said he wanted to come back in March so maybe he'll be on the card, and you never know. But I'm sure this will probably be co-main event because, you know, Joanna's a big star. She was huge for the women's strawweight division. She was the champion for years, and uh, she really put that division on the map and showcased, you know, and had a lot of exciting fights too. She was dominant, but she always put on an exciting fight. She doesn't get tired. She pushes from bell to bell. She's an amazing striker. The question is, can she outstrike Weili Zhang? Weili Zhang lost her first fight and then won 20 fights in a row. I believe she's 20 and 1 now, either 19 and 1 or 20 and 1. And absolutely dismantled Jessica Andrade, which was a little bit shocking to me. I did not expect her to come out and beat her. I thought that maybe she could beat her in a technical chess match type of type of striking fight because Andrade isn't the most technical. She just has a lot of power and she wings her punches and just uses that brute force, you know, come forward and try to rip your head off with strikes. But that's not what happened. You know, she, um, Wei Lee timed her as she was coming in and bop, caught her, hurt her real bad, and then finished her after she landed some knees to the body, dropped her, and that was it. So this is a great fight. I, I wish, you know, it was Rose Namajunas getting the fight here, but it didn't happen like that, and that's just how it is. So, yeah, Joanna Yunjacek versus Wei Li Zhang for the strawweight championship on March 7th at UFC 248. Now let's get into the predictions for UFC Fight Night, Overeem versus Rosenstrike. This is going to be taking place on this upcoming Saturday, December 8th, I believe, or no, December 7th. And then next weekend, we have the huge UFC 245 card. And actually, before we get into this prediction, there's one fight on UFC 245, which I forgot to give my predictions for, and that was in the flyweight division between one of my favorites in that division, Kai Kara France and Brandon Moreno. This is such a good fight, you know. I don't have the records pulled up or anything, but Kaikara France has looked great in his last two fights. And uh, Brandon Moreno, he's such an awkward fighter. 
he's good and uh, can always put on a show and loves to use his wrestling and mix up his striking. Really good mixed martial artist all around. And Kaikara France, like I said, he trains out of city kickboxing with guys like, with head trainer Eugene Behrman. He's got guys like Alexander Volkanovsky, Dan Hooker, Israel Israel Adesanya, which we're going to have a little bit on him a little bit later. And just trains with a lot of good guys. Obviously, his his other buddy or his other training partner, Alexander Volkanovsky, is going to be fighting Max Holloway on the same card for the featherweight championship of the world. And he's just a great fighter. You know, he mixes it up really well. He's able to transition seamlessly on the feet between stances, switch stances, land good combinations, has really good kicks to the body, to the head, to the legs. And he can just really mix it up. I liked, I enjoyed watching him ever since he was on the Ultimate Fighter where they crowned the first challenger or a challenger for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Tim Elliott ended up winning the season. I was picking Kai Car France to end up winning the whole thing. It didn't go down like that. But when it comes to how I see the fight playing out, if Moreno can get in Kai Cara France's face, and make it a dirty fight and try to use a lot of grappling and get in close to him and use clinch striking. You know, the clinch probably isn't the best option for him just because of how good of a striker Kaikara France is and how well he's able to mix it up and get on the inside and uh, train with obviously good knees and good clinches, really good strikers, and just a really good game plan all the way around. And to be honest, I think I'm going to lean towards Kaikara France here. I just think that his technique and his uh, sharpness on the feet is going to be too much for Moreno. But if Moreno is able to get in his face and rough him up and make it a dirty fight, he can win. But I just think Kaikar France is going to outpoint him. I think he's going to hurt him, probably drop him once or twice in the fight. But I'm going to go Kaikar France to get the win via a unanimous decision. So yeah, now let's move on to the predictions for the UFC fight night. Overeem versus Rosenstrike. This is a great card, and you know what? At first, I was like, oh, I'm not really that excited for the card. I don't really care. It doesn't look like there's that many good fights. But you always have to look at the prelims. Obviously, I do it. I look at all the fights on the card, and then I make my decision. But a lot of people just look at the main card, and they're like, oh, you know, whatever. It is what it is, and, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't look like that good of a card. The main event and the co-main, I don't know, you know, whatever. But to me... This is a very, very solid card. It didn't look like it at first, like I said, but when I looked more in depth, I realized how good the card actually was. And we're going to start out in the prelims. I, I'm not covering every fight, like I say all the time. I do the most interesting fights and fights that I think mean something and that fans are going to want to care about. There's a couple fights on here I'm not covering, uh, not because I you know, don't want to. It's just I feel like the more important fights are better to cover. So... Let's start out with a prelim fight in the welterweight division between longtime UFC and MMA veteran Tiago the Pitbull Elvez versus the Dirty Bird Tim Means. This is a great fight for the welterweight division. Obviously, Tiago Elvez is a veteran of the sport. He's been around forever, fought George St. Pierre for the welterweight title at UFC 100 back in the day, has a knockout over Matt Hughes, has knockouts over a bunch of guys, and uh, really just towards the tail end of his career, um, he got knocked out by Curtis Millinder with the knee up the middle, and he's been on a little bit of a downward spiral in his career. You know, he'll win, he'll lose, he'll win, he'll lose. But everybody from that time period has kind of been on a downward spiral. I mean, look at all the guys who fought back when Elvez was like a prominent contender in the division. You had 
George St. Pierre, obviously he went out on top, one of the greatest of all time. I believe the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. And then you had guys like Matt Hughes, obviously doesn't fight anymore. Uh, Tiago Alves, like I said, on the downward spiral. Carlos Condit was really high up in that division at the time. He no, he's still fighting, but you know he's been on a losing streak. You've got guys like Anderson Silva in the middleweight division, who was the king at that time, and he hasn't you know won a fight in a really long time. And just a lot of guys. Dan Hardy, obviously, I believe he's training to make his comeback to the sport, but hopefully he'll be back soon and get one more fight. I think I'd love to see the outlaw Dan Hardy come back for one more fight. And he looks good. If you watch any of his videos on his Instagram with him hitting pads or hitting the bag, his striking looks great. So I'm hoping he comes back. But yeah, with this fight, um, Tim Means is obviously a really good striker. He can put it, put it together very well. He can land knees, elbows, kicks keep you at a range. He's very tall for the division and he can keep you at a distance and try to pick you off from the outside. But he also likes to fight in close and land elbows and knees in the clinch. That's probably one of his biggest assets. With Tiago Alves, he's just a well-rounded fighter all the way around, but he prefers to keep the fight on the feet. He likes to throw leg kicks, you know, kicks to the body. He has really good, he has good striking, you know, he can, uh, really good Muay Thai, just like a traditional Muay Thai fighter, you know, landing that Jab, cross, hook, low kick. A lot of low kicks, teeps up the middle, and stuff like that. Obviously, I think Tiago Alves is the more seasoned veteran here. He's had more experience. But I just think Tim Means is going to be able to get the job done here. Like I said, I think Alves is on the tail end of his career. And Tim Means, I believe, in his last fight got knocked out by Nico Price um, with that vicious overhand as he was uh, back against the fence in a fight that I think Tim Means was winning beforehand, and then he just got caught. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Tim Means here. I think he's gonna get a TKO. I'm gonna go a I'm gonna go a third round TKO. I think he's just gonna be able to keep Tiago Elvis at a distance, land good shots, and keep Elvis away from him, and then piece him up if they get into clinch range. <laughs> up next, we've got a fight in the bantamweight division, which I'm very excited for. We've got the number 10 ranked bantamweight, Rob Font versus Ricky Simone. This is a great fight for the bantamweight division. Obviously, Rob Font has had some very good wins in his career. He has wins over guys like Thomas Almeida. He fought Rafael Asuncao, lost via a decision. He's beaten guys like Sergio Pettis. And yeah, he's just had a really good run in the UFC. Obviously, ranked number 10. Ricky Simone was previously 15-0, undefeated. And then he lost to Uriah Faber via a first-round knockout at UFC Fight Night Sacramento. This is going to be a great fight. Rob Font is a very, very good boxer. He does use kicks. He can throw head kicks, you know, low kicks and stuff like that. But he's mainly focused on his hands. He trains out of, I believe it's Team Sityodong with Mark Delagrade. But he has very good, very good striking. A lot of... uh a lot of shots up the middle, around the guard. He likes to keep you at a range, but then just pick you apart with his boxing and land really good combinations. His jab is probably one of his best strikes. You know, him and Kelvin Cater train together, and you could see their jabs are just seasoned. Everything is just pop, pop, pop. Everything's coming right from the hip, just boom, boom, just super sharp and uh, really good combinations. Ricky Simone obviously was undefeated before Faber, like I said. But I just don't see Ricky Simone getting the job done here. I think Rob Font has fought the tougher competition in his career, and I think he's just going to be able to keep Ricky Simone 
at a distance, and I think he's just going to pick him apart. I think the jab's going to land early and land often for Rob Font. I think Simone's going to try to uh, land some good kicks, kicks to the body, kicks to the legs, and try to make it mix in some wrestling. But I just don't see it working out for him. I think Rob Font's going to have the perfect game plan here. I think if Simone does shoot any takedowns, they're going to get stuffed. And if he does get him down, he'll get right back up to his feet. And I think he's just going to outbox him. I think he's going to hurt him. And uh, I'm going to say he gets the finish. I'm gonna go a I'm gonna go a third round TKO for Rob Font here, and I'm excited. I hope Rob Font you know takes this fight. Obviously, my predictions I'm not biased. Even if I like the guy, I'll pick who I think is actually gonna win. But I'm hoping Rob Font can get the win here and then move up towards some bigger fights in the bantamweight division. I'd love to see a fight against with him and Cody Garbrandt. I think that Garbrandt versus Font would be a great fight. I don't think it's gonna happen, but you know you never know. Up next, we're going to move to the main card. The first fight on the main card we're going to cover is a bantamweight clash between the number nine ranked Cody Stamen and the number 13 ranked Song Yedong. Uh, Cody Stamen has a record of 18 wins, two losses. Song Yedong, 14 wins, four losses, and one no contest. Good fight here. Really good fight. Um, I love. I think Cody Stamen is is a very bright prospect in this division. Obviously, he's ranked in the top 10, coming in with a record of 18-2. and two. He lost to Aljamain Sterling via a submission, and then he lost to one other guy, which his name escapes me right now. But his last win was over Alejandro Perez, and Song Yedong's last win was over Alejandro Perez as well. Cody Stamen ended up getting a win by decision, and uh, Song Yedong via first-round KO. I believe Song Yedong trains out of Team Alpha Male in Sacramento, California. If I'm wrong, correct me. I didn't like do too much research ahead of this fight. But I know Song Yedong has he's a very good striker. He's pretty calm on the feet. He doesn't really like to wing a lot of his shots. He'll kind of wait for the fight to come to him and try to land that crazy overhand right that he has that can just put people to sleep. I believe that's what he hit Alejandro Perez with and knocked him out cold in the first round. Cody Stamen's a very good wrestler. He he likes to uh Get on the grind, you know, like traditional wrestlers like to do. He likes to get in close, try to shoot takedowns, keep you up against the fence, land some good shots, take you down, and rough you up with some ground and pound. He has decent striking, but I believe he's more of a wrestler. Um, when it comes to who I see getting the win here, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Cody Stamen. I think he's gonna be able to hang on the feet and then just transition to takedowns whenever he wants. I think he'll get a few of them stuffed, but I think he's just going to keep pushing forward. Like I said, I think he has he's good enough to land on the feet against a guy like Song Yudong, but I think he's going to be I think he's going to be on the edge and looking for Song Yudong to overcommit with that overhand right and then he can shoot in and get a double leg, take him down and work the ground and pound. So yeah, I'm going to go with Cody Stamen to get the win via a unanimous decision. I think the wrestling is just going to dictate the pace here. Up next, we have a women's bantamweight clash between Aspen Ladd and Yana Kunitskaya. Aspen Ladd, uh, it said on the UFC website that she was 8-0, but I knew she lost her last fight to GDR Jermaine Durandamy. And uh, so, yeah, her last fight she lost in 16 seconds via a first-round knockout, just a perfectly timed right hand by the seasoned multiple-time world champion kickboxer. Nothing to be ashamed of there. You know, you got caught. It happens to everybody. Yana Kunitskaya has a record of 12 wins, four losses, and one no contest. Her last fight, she defeated Marion Renault via a decision. 
I'm going to go with Aspen Ladd here. I think she's going to be able to hang on the feet with Yana Kunitskaya and transition to some grappling exchanges. I believe that Yana Kunitskaya is the better fighter on the ground. I think she um, is able to mix in takedowns and throws better than Aspen Ladd will be able to do, but I think she's going to be able to land good on the feet and then uh, transition to takedowns if she wants just to score some points. And yeah, I'm going to go with Aspen Ladd here to get the victory. I'm going to go via decision. And yeah, that's what we're going to go with here. Let's go to the next fight. Fight in the heavyweight division between two veterans of the sport. We have the skyscraper, Stefan Struve versus Ben Rothwell. Um, Stefan Struve, 33 wins, 11 losses. Ben Rothwell, 36 win victories and 11 defeats. This is a good fight. You know, it's obviously guys who are towards the tail end of their careers in the heavyweight division, but it's always fun to watch guys like Stefan Struve and Ben Rothwell fight. Um, I think obviously Stefan Struve is going to be the taller guy with a bigger reach. You think he has probably the biggest reach in the UFC. He's huge. I believe seven foot tall. Ben Rothwell, a shorter, stockier fighter, but very, like I said, very well-rounded and is able to mix in strikes and uh, grappling very well. Um, when it comes to how I see this fight playing out, I, I honestly have no idea. I'm going to lean towards Ben Rothwell here. I just think that he's going to be able to uh, get in close on Stefan Struve, get in the clinch, um, use some wrestling, and try to use his submission game. He has a very good guillotine. He landed that on Matt Richrione back in the day and got him right away. If he catches your neck, he can make you submit right away. And I think that Stefan Struve has taken more damage in his career between him and Ben Rothwell. And I just think Rothwell is going to be able to uh, not dictate the pace. I think it'll be a close fight all the way around. But I just think Rothwell's the the better fighter here. And I think he's going to be able to get a... I'm going to go with a decision. I could see him getting a finish via ground and pound, but I'm going to go with Ben Rothwell via decision here. Up next, we have a straw weight fight. It's the co-main event of the evening between the number nine ranked Marina Rodriguez, who is 11, who has 11 victories, no defeats, one, no contest and Cynthia Calvillo, eight wins, one loss. This is a good fight. Really, really good fight. You know, prior to this card, I had heard of Marina Rodriguez. I had seen her fight before, but I wasn't too familiar. So I went back and looked at some of her highlights. She's a very, very good kickboxer, very good striker all the way around. She has good roundhouse kicks to the body, kicks to the legs, can mix it up between kicks and punches seamlessly, um, can use grappling as well, but she's more of a striker. She likes to She likes to keep you at range with her kicks, but if it gets in close, she can land good elbows, knees, stuff like that. Undefeated, obviously, she can't be taken lightly. 45% of her wins come by way of knockout. Cynthia Calvillo, obviously, has been around for a while, the number 10 ranked in the division. Trains out of Team Alpha Male with guys like Uriah Faber, Cody Garbrandt, and so many other guys who train out of that gym. Josh Emmett, um, formerly Chris Holdsworth. Chris holds it down, Holdsworth. TJ Dillashaw formerly, obviously not anymore, if you know that story about the whole team alpha male dynamic with Dillashaw, Garbrandt, and Faber. Her head coach, Danny Castillo, former fighter, really good coach in the corner, knows how to knows how to break down fights and develop a good game plan. And you know, I, I think Cynthia Calvillo is good. I I've obviously eight wins, one loss. I believe she lost her last fight, but then was able to come back and win, and then you know was undefeated prior to that. And when it comes to how I see this fight playing out, I'm gonna go with 
the undefeated fighter here. I'm going to go with Marina Rodriguez. I think that she's just the slicker, cleaner fighter. I think that Cynthia Calvillo is good at making it dirty and mixing it between striking and takedowns and just getting in and making it a dirty, gritty fight. But I think that Marina Rodriguez is going to be too smart and have too much fight IQ and be able to keep it at a range where she can dictate the pace, land her kicks, land her strikes, and get out, cut angles, and uh, pick Cynthia Calvillo apart. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Marina Rodriguez to get the win here, and I'm going to say she gets it via a unanimous decision. Then in the main event, we have a heavyweight clash between the number 6th-ranked Alistair Overeem and the number 14-ranked undefeated Phenom Jerzinho Rosenstrike. This is a very, very good fight for the heavyweight division. Not super, super. Obviously, these guys... This is a great fight. Somebody's going to sleep. There's no way this fight... I don't think this fight makes it out of the first round either way. If it does, it's because Overeem's able to keep it at a distance where he can dictate the pace, keep him at a range, and land kicks and punches and get out of the way and fight technical. Um, the only way I see Overeem being able to win this fight is if he takes the approach he did back when he knocked out Junior Dos Santos, which is... Don't really do much for the first two rounds. Just try to get your range. Keep it at a distance where he can't land on you. Get him tired and then come in and counter strike and land good shots. Overeem, obviously, 44 wins, 17 losses, and one no contest. He's been around forever. One of the best heavyweights in the world. Suffered a lot of knockouts, but still one of the best fighters in the world. And definitely probably one of the best kickboxers in all of mixed martial arts. Definitely in the heavyweight division. Jerzinho Rosenstrike, obviously 9-0, undefeated. His last two wins have come with at a combined, have come at a combined time of 38 seconds in total. Knocked out Alan Crowder. And then uh re just recently knocked out Andre Arlovsky at UFC 244 with that perfectly timed left hook as, as Andre Arlovsky tried to rush in and close the distance. This is a tough fight to call because if it gets out of the first round, Overeem's probably gonna win the fight. I think that he's He's smart enough to be able to keep Jerzinho at a range, but it's the it's one of those things where if Jerzinho lands on him, I think he puts him to sleep. And I'm gonna go with the power here. I would I usually would pick Overeem, but just with a guy who hits this hard, and you know Andre Olovsky's been knocked out a bunch of times, so you can't really take into consideration, you know, he was on a win streak before he lost his last fight to Jerzinho at 244, but a lot of his losses come via a knockout. He got knocked out by Francis Ngannou. There's nothing to be ashamed of in that. Got knocked out by Stipe Miocic, knocked out by now Jerzinho Rosenstrike. But I just think that Overeem can, he, Overeem can definitely win the fight here if he plays it safe and tries to tire out Jerzinho in the first two rounds and just play it safe, keep it at a distance, probably land like front kicks to the knee, side kicks to the knee, front kicks to the body, and keep him at a range, counter strike, and move. But I just think Jerzinho is going to be able to time Overeem and uh, land a good shot and put him out in the first round. So I'm going to go Jerzinho, Rosenstrike via a first-round knockout. I'm going to say it's with the left hook again. I think he times Overeem as Overeem tries to commit to a shot, catches him, drops him, and finishes him, and moves to 10-0. This is a really good card, guys, like I said, and I'm I'm super excited. You know, it's not the best card, but it's solid, and it's it has really good matchups, even though they're not all ranked fighters. It's a lot of ranked fighters, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. I hope you enjoyed my predictions, and uh, I'll catch you on the second part where we break down the top 15 fighters in the UFC's middleweight division. and give you my predictions on who their best fight should be. All right.